my name is Andrew White. You are listening to Q Hot Takes. I'm alongside Justin Ellis, the Jelly Fan. This lick is of Slats, K Slats, Kevin Slatter, and the Samurai, Sammy G. And it is September 3rd, day one of, okay, maybe not day one. I'm going to call it day one of college football in terms of uh, huge matchups across the country. Next week will be the NFL. So I'm sure a lot of people may have their fantasy drafts going on this weekend or early next week. I'm jacked up for football season. I'm sure all the people here are as well. Keep in mind, we will be talking about college football today. And yes, the games are currently happening and will happen by the time this is out there. So don't get mad when we're completely incorrect. Nonetheless, Justin Ellis, how are we doing? Good morning, afternoon, whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing uh, well, you know, just uh, chilling out, enjoying uh, the long weekend now with the uh, Labor Day weekend. So, you know, going to just take in the weekend, enjoy it, you know. Hell yeah, take in the vibes. That's good. I'm off today as well. Pretty exciting. Not Labor Day, but I get something. Uh, Kevin Washington Commanders. This guy, you might be the most confusing guy on the panel today. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You know, I like this shirt because I like, you know, having a part of history on me. So I, I, I appreciate the legendary Commanders franchise that is becoming. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in a couple fantasy football leagues, uh, one with a couple co-workers or maybe former co-workers because – I might be getting laid off at my job, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, everything's Gucci great right now. Thanks, Joe Biden. But, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Sam, what's popping? How are you? Washing machine in the background. Have you done your laundry today? Yeah, you know, I still have to dry it. Thanks for reminding me. How am I doing? Woke up. Didn't realize I was looking this cute. I'll roll with it. You know, why not? Wow. wow. And then I'm, I'm going to my first college football game today, actually. No way. Nice. What's the what's the game? Tulane UMass, baby. Nice. Nice. So I'm, I'm gonna get blitzed and go to the game. What but time is it at? 6 p.m. 7 p.m. for you. Tulane's nice. favorite to win by 28 points. All right. All right. I can tell you're already drinking. That's exciting. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. Baby. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um the NBA decides to make themselves known during any season, no matter how important the day may be. And here it is. A couple days ago, Donovan Mitchell is traded. Now, people thought he might go to the Knicks. He's been trolled on Twitter for that. Not him. Let me rephrase. The Knicks have been trolled on Twitter for that. Kevin's nodding his head. He understands. So here's the trade. The Utah Jazz receive Colin Sexton, Laurie Marketing, uh, Arche Agbaji from the... Uh, from Kansas, from the draft, and three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, 27, and 29, and two pick swaps in 26 and 28. Uh, How do we feel about this trade? That's it. This is the only NBA topic we're going to talk about, and then football all day. I'm going to start here. Does Donovan Mitchell really want to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers? I find that odd, personally. Moving from a team like the Jazz to a team like the Cavaliers, who, in my opinion, are a little bit similar, especially with the Cavaliers actually losing Sexton and Markkinen, who played a very valuable piece uh, on the offensive side. I don't know. I know the Cavaliers are young. They were moving. But part of that are some of these guys that were on this team that are traded. So a little confused what Donovan Mitchell is doing. 
feel like a lot of players go to Cleveland to die. And I don't like it for Donovan Mitchell personally. And I also have always thought he's overrated. So I thought they gave up a little bit too much as well. Uh, Jazz, I'm a big proponent of how many players they got. Not all that great in terms of uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, but they got in return plus seven first round picks. So I'm kind of loving what Utah's doing for themselves in the future because those two guys are just never going to play well uh, there together. Okay, Justin. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I, I think it honestly was a win for the Cavs, which is shocking because I hate Donovan Mitchell. But this was the most proper value that I could have ever expected for Donovan Mitchell in the market. Um, you know, I would have expected teams to pay a lot more um, than what the Cavs did for Mitchell. So honestly, I, I'm impressed by uh, where his market value actually stood. I mean, you look at this team, you still got Garland. I mean, they have Levert. Um, I like Okoro. I like Mobley. I like Allen. I mean, I like the players who are on this team. And I, you know, I like who they gave up and I like what they still have. Um I mean, obviously not having Sexton isn't great, but I mean, I think they got a good replacement in Mitchell, obviously. So uh, I think the Cavs are in the spot where they should be considered uh, Eastern Conference top eight seed at this point. I mean, they were on a run last season. Sam was hammering on them last season as a team to be watching out for and pay respect to. And, you know, I don't expect Mitchell to change that. I mean, you're going from Utah to Cleveland. I wouldn't want to play for Utah either. Um so they're two pretty uh, trash right. locations in general. Um, you know, a lot of people's careers die in Cleveland, and there's a lot of hated teams in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, it's not the best sports city right now to be in, but the Cavs are the one team there that's really looking on the up and up right now. I mean, Guardians are doing all right, but they'll probably fall in the end. So I think yeah. the Cavs are a team to watch right now. Sam, I know you wanted to talk about this. One of the main reasons you wanted to be on the show. So what's your take? Uh, first of all, I found out about this trade from Justin. <laughs> I was in class. <laughs> Hilarious. But uh, I love this for Cleveland. You know, I think Darius Garland's one of the most underrated players in the league. He plays a lot like Steve Nash, very underrated. And now they pair him with another all-star who's only 25, maybe 26, right? Anytime you can get one of these guys on the trade market, it's enormously valuable. He has probably 10 good years left in him. And yeah, I mean, like, they didn't give up that much. I don't think Sexton was in their long-term plans anyways. So they flipped him to the Jazz. So obviously, I think the Cavs are going to finish top three. They have a lot of talent. They have, like, uh, they have Mobley, they have Allen, and then they have Garland. And I think, I think for the Jazz, they got back a comparable player to Mitchell. He's just a little bit worse. Kevin. So overall, man, I think both teams actually won this trade. I was expecting, if anything, Danny Ainge to potentially finesse whatever team he he dealed with next, because the fact of the matter is he got five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. And that was the reason why I think for a lot of people, the Kevin Durant trade didn't get done was people were like, you know, thanks, Minnesota. You basically ruined the market because you totally distorted the value. But Essentially, they they got they trade the same amount of picks roughly, but the, instead of giving up more picks, which is really what I think Mitchell is worth, he's worth more probably than five picks. They get back you know a good young shooting guard in Colin Sexton, and they get back a good three point shooter, space eating four, who can maybe play five. 
Um, I mean, defensively, there's some stuff with Markin in that, you know, maybe you wouldn't want him at five, but overall, like, this is what Cleveland needed. Cleveland is on the upswing, in my opinion, and I think he fits better with this team because, Sam, you just said, Garland is, in my opinion, I, he might be a top five point guard right now in the league, in, in all honesty. Like, in terms of, he doesn't get talked about, like, with Ja or Luca or Trey because he doesn't have the athletic ability or the like the eye-popping skills that draw you in, but he's just as skilled as anybody in the league, in my opinion. So he's great at remaining the point guard spot. And then the bigs, I think he can work with too. Like Jared Allen, I think is a better compliment to Donovan Mitchell than Rudy Gobert is. I think he has a softer touch around the rim. And I think quite frankly, Cleveland, I don't think they're going to win the East this year, but I think they'll win a first round matchup and maybe prolong a second round matchup. But either way, like if Donovan wants to admit win, I think he's in a great spot because the unsung hero of Cleveland has also been Kobe Altman, the GM of the Cavaliers. When he was the GM in 2018, he was between LeBron and a hard place and that hard place being Dan Gilbert. And it, it looked like at times like that he might actually lose his job. But what he's done is he's amassed an impressive amount of talent in a short amount of time. And he's completely busted the narrative that in my opinion, Cleveland can't win without LeBron James. So if you're Cleveland, if you're a Cleveland sports fan, this is the team you have the most hope for. Uh, Deshaun Watson and his problems, the NFL, that might not happen. The guardians perennially don't invest in their team and normally lose in the first round in the MLB playoffs. So if you're a Cleveland sports fan, this team, the ownership's investing, the GM is competent, you got young, good players, and it's getting better. So it's on the upswing. You should be happy. And honestly, if you're a Knicks fan, at this point, just cry. You don't deserve good things, Kevin. Sorry. I know I don't. Yeah, you do. And I don't want you, I don't want you to cry. So, no. Big girls don't cry. That's what Fergie says. Honestly, you should switch to the Wizards, too, while you're at it. Yeah, at least they have... My buddies at work, they broke this down. They're like, they're like, oh, do you just see? Like after the, they, like one of my buddies was like, oh, uh, Donovan Mitchell just went to the Cavs. And they're like, oh, and the Knicks just extended R.J. Barrett. <laughs> so notice how that news broke, by the way, at like two in the morning. That's when they decided that they wanted to sign R.J. Yeah, Barrett. Like, they're like, they're like drunk man. at night. They're drunk He's at night. They're like, oh, that. I think we should sign the paperwork. That I, That's a super generous extension. The only good thing that I can say is you'll know within the next three years, Knicks fans, if R.J. Barrett is a franchise player or not. He's not. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> no, I, think he is I, I mean, he's good, and I think he has potential, but he hasn't shown the ability either as like an off-the-dribble shooter, consistently finishing at the rim. He's talented, uh, but I think there's still questions with Barrett. So I wouldn't have given that, but. I just don't see what his elite skill is in the NBA. At most, if the one thing I could say that he did better at to close the end of the year was drawing fouls and getting to the line, I think that's going to be his bread and butter going forward. But you're right. Outside of that, like he doesn't have elite burst to get by people. And he hasn't proven in recent years to be great at finishing at the rim which are two things that you need to do at the NBA level in an elite way. So 
there's questions about Barrett. Um, I'll leave it at that. And there's questions about this Knicks team. Jalen Brunson will be the best player on the team. Yeah, definitely a knockoff. Uh, that that knockoff Donovan Mitchell. That's where I see RJ Barrett right that, now. Like, it really was Donovan or bust because to move all those guys that they did to just get Jalen Brunson, like, that that's a mediocre offseason, man. That's like a C offseason at best. All right, it's college football time. It has been going on for quite some time. It started last week with some terrible games, and then it started Thursday, and then yesterday, Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech. Love embarrassing uh, large conference schools. Okay, we're going to give some predictions for this weekend, a couple of slates here. So the five games we'll be doing, Georgia versus Oregon at 3.30. Arkansas versus Cincinnati, that is also in the afternoon. Houston versus UTSA, newcomers themselves. Utah, who's a top 10 team right now, versus Florida with their new QB. And Ohio State and Notre Dame, the college game day, game of the night, game of the day. That's where they took the studio show to uh, this evening. That will be on ESPN. So let's break it down. All five games. Give me your answer. Um, I can also give the spreads if you want. Let's do that for funsies. Okay. okay. Um, let's actually go one at a time. We could do it uh, like a little bit quicker that way. Georgia, Oregon, 330. Uh, currently right now, Georgia is a 16-point favorite. Uh, I will give the W to the dogs. They will not win by over 16 points. Uh, frankly, I just don't see them scoring more than 30. And I, I think Oregon could probably drop like 17. So I'm thinking 30, uh, 30 to 17 sounds like a realistic score for me. Okay, Justin. I'm taking UGA with the spread. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Oregon is not that good of a team. Are you throwing money on any of these, Justin? I just want to ask. Uh, I cannot. I live in the state of Alabama. That's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. Why? Well, I, okay. I remember you live in Alabama. I forgot that's a rule there. My bad. And yes, I am very sad about it uh, for the time being. Understood. Uh, Kevin. My better angels want me to pick Oregon, but I'm going to go UGA here. And Sam. Going to go Ducks. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack, quack. All righty. Okay. Arkansas, Cincinnati. 23 is Cincinnati. Arkansas is 19. Arkansas is currently a six and a half point favorite. I have Arkansas with the spread winning by 20 plus. Uh, that's what I got going on. Justin. How many point favorite? Six and a half currently. Yeah, I'm taking Arkansas with the spread. Kevin. Arkansas with the spread. Sam. Taking the Bearcats. Oh, this guy. This guy. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Justin, I have a question for you. The Houston-UTSA game. There, there was news about UTSA, right, recently? Did they move conferences last year or am I dumb? Do you know? I think they made an announcement about it. Yeah, I think this was a move. I didn't know if that's why you put them in here specifically. I put it in like there a, because it's, I think it's a good game. It's a, it's only, a, I believe it's only a four point uh, spread. Yeah, you're correct. Um, Houston is a four point favorite. And they did just join this year. They just came to the American athletic conference. American so. athletic. Okay. Um, I still have Houston here uh, winning with the spread, but I think both teams are mediocre and will be forgotten pretty quickly. Uh, Houston, Houston will be ranked all year. I'll, so maybe that's not a fair thing that I said first, but uh, they'll, they'll lose probably two games. Uh, the schedule is easy enough for them. They're good enough. Uh, Justin. 
you know, I, Houston was still my uh, preseason favorite to be the biggest mover up in terms of the preseason ranks. I'm still sticking with it. I think Houston, just because of their schedule, is going to be a top 10 team by the end of the season. So taking Houston over UTSA in UTSA's first game. All righty, Kevin. Want to take Houston too? And Sam. Yeah, I'll take Houston. I think UTSA should just stick with what they do best, screening people at airports. <laughs> Good one. That was funny. Thanks, was funny. man. I thought of it. That was, that was uh, how long did that take you? Did that take you a week to figure that one out or what? Uh, about five minutes. I like it. Not too bad. It might take you a week, though, huh? All right, let's relax. Okay. Um, okay, Utah, seventh best team in the country versus Florida, seven o'clock tonight. Uh I'm actually very intrigued by this game. Uh, I'm surprised if Florida is not ranked. I think their QB is going to be quite good. I guess their defense is a little bit lackluster. I do have Utah, though, but I love this matchup. Uh, probably the best team in the Pac-12 as of right now versus a team that's trying to get their identity back in the SEC, though. So uh, it's going to be a fun game. I got Utah, though. The spread is two and a half, and I have them winning by about seven or ten. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I also have Utah in this one. I'm unsurprised by how close this spread is. Um, but, you know, Utah is prone to blow games, but usually that's only against Oregon. Um, so I'm just going to say Utah does win this one. All right, Kevin. I'm going Florida at home, and I like their quarterback play, so I'm taking that. Nice. Uh, Sam? I'll go Utah, man. Why not? And the game of the week, perhaps one of the games of the year, uh, if not the game of the year, already week one. Ohio State versus Notre Dame, two versus five. Uh, Notre Dame actually has a quasi-tough schedule. I think we went over this before. They have to play uh, Ohio State as well as USC, and I think Clemson as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Notre Dame, I think we've also talked about whether or not this is a must-win game as a non-conference team. Kevin has given his opinion that it is. I think he said that a couple weeks ago. Um, But who wins here? Ohio State or Notre Dame currently uh, the spread is, hang on, it is 17 for Ohio State. Uh, I am giving Ohio State the dub here, but not by 17. And I normally give Notre Dame a lot of slander, but I think their defense is going to be pretty good. Their O-line has stayed intact for the most part. Uh, I got Ohio State by about 10, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than some people have led on to. Uh, Justin? Yeah, unless you're Alabama or UGA, I expect you to lose to Ohio State by like 30 points. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, I'm taking Ohio State with the spread. Wow. Kevin? I'm going to go Ohio State in a close one, but I think Travion Henderson's going to have a massive game. Sam? I'm going Notre Dame against the spread. It's going to be 3-2 to two, final score. Huh. What a game. Can you imagine C.J. Stroud and Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba after this game? Uh, they result in just a field goal? That'd be, and the uh, safety. Don't forget the safety. Well, the safety would be – oh, I guess, yeah, okay. Um, Thank you. You have to mention the safety. That'd be, that'd be remarkable. Either. Yeah, that would be, that, that's Kev's job, usually the safety of the week. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, uh, that's NFL season, isn't it? Yeah, yes, fair. It fair. Technically. Um, okay. Next on the list, NFL. It's freaking time for the NFL and college football. I'm just as jacked up about that, but let's do it. The NFL, let's start it off with Russell Wilson, who, by the way, was in Queens yesterday watching Serena Williams play tennis, which was a little bit confusing considering two days before that he signed this massive contract we're talking about, and he's playing a game next week. So I don't know where where his priorities are at, but apparently it's Serena Williams. Okay, 
He signed a contract, 200 and what's 45? Yes, 245 million, five years with the Denver Broncos before a snap was made on the team. Do we like this move for himself and the Broncos? What's your take? Me personally, by the way, 165 million of it is guaranteed. Um, I like it for Russ, obviously. I mean, now I think he's the second highest paid uh, QB in the league. Frankly, this is going to happen every time a contract extension comes out for any sort of top 15 quarterback. Uh, in terms of the Broncos, I don't know if I like giving him the money before he won a few games for me, personally. I don't know if he needed it or forced it on them or anything like that. I would have liked to see him, uh, you know, win a few games first, but that's just me. I think he'll be plenty fine, though. Wide receivers are good enough. They'll be a good team. Uh, Justin? Well, here's my thing on why I would think Denver would do this. I don't think Russ forced anything, but I think there's a very strong understanding in Denver that arguably as a whole, as a team, especially on some of on the offensive line and the running back core, this might be the best team that Russ has played on. Um, I mean, Metcalf and Lockett are great, but I mean, if Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy now with a real quarterback, I mean, that's legit. And this is a top five offensive line in the league that hasn't been able to really show itself behind poor quarterback play. Um, and you're now going from Seattle, which, you know, you had periods where you had Marshawn Lynch, but over the past five years, it's been, Chris Carson and the backups when Chris Carson gets hurt in week three every season. Um, so, I mean, now you're looking at Javante Williams, who's going to be, I think, a top 12 back this season. Um, and Melvin Gordon's still there too, who should arguably get good reps and get good time and plays well, um, even though he's an older generation running back. Um, and that defense is absolutely solid and is probably close to as good as um, the Legion of Boom was, you know, back when Seattle was at its defensive prime. So, if I'm Denver, I'm thinking to myself, if Russ has a good season this season and plays consistently throughout, we're going to be paying him a lot more than they ended up paying him right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like making the move now before Russ has played any games in Denver um, kind of secures the fact that Denver knows that they have given him a lot of good pieces and Russ is just going to do what he does. Um, and that would warrant more money come the end of this season, I think. Um, so that's why I think the logic comes from I think it's a good move on both sides. I personally am still not a Russell Wilson fan. He's going to play like an MVP for six weeks, and then he's going to really fizzle out like he does every season. Um, I mean, they're, they're still going to be a great playoff team. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they're going to they're gonna go distance. They're going to win a playoff game. But uh, I don't feel like Russell Wilson is top five quarterback in the league. Um, so being paid top five, I understand that's, like you said, Andrew, that's how the NFL market works for quarterbacks. But... I think overall, in the grand scheme, he's not actually a top five quarterback. Right on. Kev? Yeah, I mean, it's a win for Russ. It's mostly a win for the Broncos. I mean, I think the big reason this extension got done largely is even if you're looking at Russ the last couple of years and you're saying that he doesn't have the rushing ability he used to have, at least it doesn't appear to have the same um, elusiveness, even though the arm talent is still there. I think if you're a Broncos GM or you're in the Broncos front office, you're looking at it from since Peyton Manning has left, we have not been able to get the quarterback position right at all. I mean, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Drew Locke, they've tried repeatedly to bring in new guys to find a franchise QB, and they have not found that. 
And there's some organizations that are, you know, really good at drafting certain positions, like, you know, your Pittsburgh Steelers white with wide receivers. And, you know, then there's teams like New England that can't draw draft wide receivers at all. So I think Denver looked at it from a practicality standpoint of we know what our drafting strengths and weaknesses are. And Russell Wilson is hell of a lot more of a sure thing than probably anybody we're going to pick in the draft in the next three or five years. So I think for them, it makes a lot of sense. And I think they prefer stability over, you know, unpredictability at this point. And I think for them, they have a really good roster and they're hoping to contend with it. So it's a win all around. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Starting this off, uh, people from Queens are the absolute worst. But um, yeah, so basically, they've devoted so much to Wilson. They kind of had to give him this contract. And to me, it shows that they're confident in his ability moving forward. And like people have been saying, their other choice is Drew Locke. So if they had to give this contract to him or Drew Locke, I'd say it was a pretty easy decision. Okay. Top five running backs for this upcoming season. And a clarification question I have for the group here. Are we doing who will end with the best stats in the season or who are the five best running backs in the NFL? Who will be at the end of the season? Stat-wise or just our talent? Um, I guess that includes stats. It's all around. I get what you're saying. Just say all around. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, right on. Okay, well, that's the way I was going when I was uh, thinking about it. So I'm going to do it. I do have Jonathan Taylor being the best all-around back in the league by the end of the season. I recognize that's not really I'm, – I'm going with the current here, so that's not uh, anything crazy. Number two, I still have as Derek Henry. I think he will need to be the focal point of that offense. He will continue to be. And let me preface with a healthy Derek Henry is where I'm going to leave it. Number three, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I will say if I'm including his injury – stuff he might fall out of the top 10 because i don't know if he'll have a full healthy season uh, but i'll go with him at three austin eckler at four with Najee harris being five uh, that is how i'm looking at it right now i have kamara's situations a little bit you know ticky tacky so i have him kind of tinkering around the outside as, uh, as well as uh, dalvin cook uh tinkering on the outside but you know guys like ezekiel elliott and or who are still in the conversation I got that man out. I don't know if you guys have seen him a little bit lately. That guy's fat, bro. He's just straight up fat and slow. He lost weight. Yeah, but he's 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 he not. Lost, yeah, come on. He's he, what Pollard every year is getting more and more touches, and I think Dak Prescott's finally uh, taking the heat that he always gets, and he's going to spin it into throwing dimes. So I have Zeke being about seven right now, and Joe Mixon also around that area. Okay, Justin's uh, mad at me right now, so go for it. <laughs> I'm not even mad about your top five, honestly. I agree with both your top five. Um, what I'm upset about, I had a lot of stuff talking about Tony Pollard last season, and I was pretty in on Pollard last season. I'm going to tell you right now, Zeke is about to have a renaissance this hmm. season. Um, and I think that is because of one of the biggest flaws in Dallas's success for years is that the coach isn't the coach. Jerry Jones is the coach. And Jerry Jones has put enough money into Zeke at this point that they are going to, that he's going to force Zeke down Cowboys fans' throats, um, basically. I expect hmm. Zeke to be 20 to 25 touches. I expect Pollard to have five to 10 touches per game. 
but I expect Zeke to be the focal point of that offense this season, especially <laughs> with the loss of Tyron Smith at the tackle position for the Cowboys. I think that's going to hurt the passing game a lot, and they are going to have to rely on, rely on that interior line to succeed this season. I don't have Zeke as a top five back at the end of this year, but he is definitely sitting on the brink. And, you know, Andrew, you having him at seven is good compared to a lot of what a lot of people. Think. Sure. I think a lot sure. of people think that Zeke is like somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not that bad. No. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to be the case. He's going to be in, he's going to be on that cusp of the top five conversation for sure. Um, mostly otherwise, I agree with you. I have Taylor at one for the end of the season. So that's pretty straightforward. Um, I have um, Christian McCaffrey at two. Um, I think he's going to be healthy this season. I think people are over-exaggerating Christian McCaffrey's injury history. He's a well-built and, you know, he's had injuries, but a lot of them I consider more freak situations than an actual consistent lingering injury specifically. Um, and, you know, he's behind a team that he's now playing with his best quarterback ever. Um, so I expect Ooh. that to help to alleviate um, the amount of stress that's put on him as a player. Um, after that, you know, I, I have Derek Henry at three. Excellent rusher. Isn't going to catch a lot of balls, but, you know, he's the focal point of Tennessee. Um, at four at this point, I have Najee Harris. Uh, Harris is going to catch balls. He's going to run the ball. He's the focal point of that offense. And then number five right now, I do have um, – I just had a blank. That's not, oh, I, have, a... I have Kamara. At oh, interesting. Okay. Kamara is okay. not going to get suspended this season. I okay. can I can okay. say that with a definitive fact. Oh. Like – if he got suspended this season, it would be an absolute shocker. There is no way that this court case is going to be figured out this season. Um, I think he's going to be suspended next season, but I do not think there is any world where Alvin Kamara gets suspended this season. Um, and, you know, he's a great receiving back. He's a great running back. Mark Ingram's definitely going to take time away from him. Um, but I still expect him to be a top caliber player on a top caliber offense. Um, Dalvin Cook is probably the one that's sitting closest on the outside to me. I have Austin Eckler actually pretty far down my list, um, mainly because I think the Chargers are going to do more running back by committee. Eckler's now reached that age of running back where they start to slow down a tiny bit, usually in the late 20s or the mid to late 20s is usually when people say the running back starts slowing down. Um, and, you know, they just added Sony Michelle to that team and they've been bringing in running backs each right. and every year in the draft class, too. Um, you know, I, I like Eckler a lot. I just don't think he's going to get as much play time as some of these running backs that I listed that are going to be three down backs. Sure. Kev. Yeah. So I would say my list, if I can remember it exactly, it's probably some form of, I think one, I have Jonathan Taylor two, I have Najee Harris because of workload and talent three. I'm going to go Joe Mixon four. I'm going to go Nick Chubb and then five. I'm going to go Deandre Swift. Wow. Yeah, I have DeAndre Swift at five because I think the pass catching talent is there. I think he can separate between tackles. And I actually think Detroit with a slightly revamped O-line and some talent coming in, I, and I do believe in Dan Campbell, I actually think Detroit is going to be competitive more in a lot of their games. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they got potentially more than six wins. I like it. Sam? Uh, give me McCaffrey at one. Kamar at two, Taylor at three. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other names. <laughs> uh, Henry, and then give me Dalvin Cook. Alrighty. 
onto the wide receiver position. Same thing. Top five. Let it rip. Number one for myself, uh, I'm going to say it. Devonta Adams, I think, will reign number one. I think his connection with Derek Carr, albeit he's obviously not as good as Aaron Rodgers, will be top-notch and superb. Number two, I do have Jamar Chase. Three, Cooper Cup. Four, Justin Jefferson. And five, I'm going to slot in with Tyreek Hill um, with Stefan Diggs just barely on the outside. Problem being, I really think uh, Gabriel Davis, as well as James Cook and McKenzie, all three of those guys will be getting increased roles. I say increased James Cook as a rookie, but those three guys will be taking a lot of target shares from Stephon Diggs uh, on that offense. And that's my top five. Justin. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how healthy McKenzie is at the start of the season. With the Fair point. Injuries he's got. Um, but he's a, I've been waiting for years for Isaiah McKenzie to break out. That dude's one of the fastest guys in the league who just has not got the play time that he deserves. Um, Go dogs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll be interested to see how, you know, that kind of plays out this season. Um, my number one, I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Dude's, wow. dude's a baller on an offense that, you know, has a lot of weapons and a lot of mouths to feed. But, you know, the more that you just look at everything that's been talked about this season, it sounds like they're kind of decaying a bit on Thielen. I don't expect Jalen Rager to get a lot. I mean, they're bringing Irv Smith back in from his injury, but I haven't heard a lot of preseason talk about Irv Smith either. And then you look at like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I mean, I don't expect either of them to go anywhere, but, you know, there's been a lot of talk about moving one of them because they're both great running backs. And, you know, do they really have room for both in there? Um, you know, I, I've heard people say they want to trade Madison. I'd rather trade Cook because Cook's the one who get inj- gets injured all the time um, and he's worth too much. Um, but, you know, I really think that Justin Jefferson was a top wide receiver last season, kind of overshadowed by like the freakish performance that Cooper Cup had. But I really think Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson is going to pose to have a pretty good season. Um, number two, I do have Cooper Cup, though. Uh, Cooper Cup just uh, has had a freak season. Matthew Stafford finally has a good offense. He's showing what he can do. I expect that to stay the same. They brought in Allen Robinson, too. So Cup has some kind of alleviation there. And now they have a run game again with Cam Akers. So there's a lot of benefits there for him. Three, Jamar Chase, pretty straightforward. Now they also have a benefited offensive line. So now passing is going to be even easier for deep balls to kind of give Joe Burrow some extra time. Uh, four, I have Devontae Adams. Don't know how he's going to play on the Raiders offense. Also a lot of mouths to feed there. Um, honestly, it's the most competition that Devontae Adams has had for touches, possibly in his career. I mean, no, I'm not in his career. I'll say since Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson were both there, this is the most challenges he's going to have for touches. Um, so I expect Renfro and hopefully Waller, if he comes in healthy, to have big roles on that team too. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of mouths to feed in that running back backfield too. And then five, I, I have Tyreek Hill as well. I think Tua does have an arm. Um, it's just, you know, the video footage has not looked great so far in my opinion, but I do expect there to be connections and Tyree kills going to obviously have his 180 yard, three touchdown games some weeks. Did you see Debo, Debo's on the outside for me right now. Did you see that podcast clip? I forget who it was, was interviewing, I believe a linebacker and asked who the best route runners in the league were. And the guy said like Devonta Adams or something. And then he went to Renfro and then the, the podcast host guy was like, wait, did you just go from Devonta Adams to Hunter Renfro? And the guy looked at him like, 
he was like insulted that he was like making fun of Renfro. And he was like, bro, you used to play football. He's like, watch the film, man. That guy's crazy. And I thought it was like pretty cool that, you know, cause you know, the guy was, the host was clearly just like a Hunter Renfro, like get out of here. It's just like a basic slot guy. But it was like one of the better linebackers in the league. I forget who it was. If you looked it up, you'd see it. But he was like high defending Renfro. And I thought that was kind of, kind of cool. It's, it's deserved. I expect Renfro to very possibly have eight to 10 catches per game. I expect this offense to be super pass heavy. And I, and with Josh McDaniel as the head coach now, he could be, he could be like the next Julian Edelman where you see him just getting eight to 10 catches per game. I 100% yeah. believe that he is like the closest thing we're going to get to Julian Edelman for the next 10 years. His, his routes are nuts. They're, they're crazy. Um, okay. Uh, Kevin, top five receivers leak. Top five wide receivers. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson one. I think from talent route running standpoint, he's probably one of the top three guys in the league. And just looking at his size and, and amount of touches he's going to get, I put him at one. I put Jamar Chase two. Um, I think he might be very potentially the best tough ball catcher in the league. Um, and his evasiveness too, and being able to adjust on the fly with on the catch, I think is incredible. He's also going to get a ton of touches, too, so I'm going to go Jamar Chase, two. Um, I'm going to go Cooper Cup, three, because I think his rapport with Matt Stafford is that legit, and I still think he has great explosion and great route running, so I think he's going to get a lot of the same touches he did this previous year. I don't think his numbers are going to be quite at that level, but I still think he's going to be a league leader in some areas, maybe like touchdowns or even – receiving yards. I would not be surprised by that. Um, I'm going to go Devonte Adams four. I agree with you, Justin. I think he's going to get a lot of passes towards his, his direction. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. I just have questions though about Las Vegas's O-line and whether that could hinder his ability to go long and burn DBs potentially, because again, if the O-line is struggling, you can't really go too long on some of your routes. Um, I'm going to say five. I'm going to go CD Lamb. Um, the biggest, the biggest impediment here is if Dallas's O line crumbles more and there's more injuries. There's already the Tyron Smith injury where he's going to be out till December. Um, but I think in terms of touches, Amari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup's out. He's going to get the lion's share of all the passes, and he also too. If you're talking about being able to adjust to balls on the fly. He's one of the best in the league. He's a very good contested catch guy, and he's able to explode by people too. I just think that C.D. Lamb, as especially too, if you're talking fantasy, I think he's gonna he could potentially have a top five fantasy season as a wide receiver, and I think he's gonna have a great year. I think he's gonna be phenomenal. Sam, um, such a tough question, right? Um, number one, Cooper Cup. Number two, uh, sorry, give me a sec. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, DK Metcalf, I think a beast. By the way, there's no way he only eats candy. <laughs> it's such bullshit. Um, number three, I'm going to go Keenan Allen. I think he's really underrated. Um, Jamar Chase. And um, well, I'm only going to give you four. That's fine. That's fine. Nobody worthy of the fifth one. Yeah, Kev. The tough thing with the wide receivers especially is the talent is all so close. 
I don't know objectively if I can say that there's much of a difference talent wise between like, say, you know, obviously like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup. But I think what's going to come down to these guys being viewed as the best is their opportunities team wise. Like how's the O-line situation? How's the quarterback play? Are there other guys down with injuries? Um, that's the only thing I, I can see separating people in the top five and even honestly like five through eight. Sure. Sure. All right. NFL division winners and wild card picks. Remember in the NFL nowadays, it's the division winners plus three wild card teams. Wait, is that correct? Or am I thinking baseball right now? No, that's right. No, right? you're right. You're on. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm in like baseball mode now. I gotta, I gotta get back. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, would you like to go division by division instead? Or do you guys want to just rip your whole thing? I'm fine with division by division. All right, let's do it. Uh, we'll do, how about this? We'll do who wins the division. And then in the end, I'll ask everybody the three wild cards for each conference. Okay. Uh, AFC East, Bills, Dolphins, uh, Patriots, and Jets. I have the Bills winning the division. Justin? I have the Bills as well. Not going to be close. Okay, Kevin? Yeah, Bills winning the division. Sam? It's basically impossible not to pick the Bills here. <laughs> All righty. <clears throat> AFC North, perhaps the most competitive one. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. I am staying with the Bengals as they won last season. And I think a surprise to everybody, I'll say it later. Uh, Justin? Well, I already said, I said Bills. By the way, Bills are going to go 14-3 and and have the number two seed. Um, nice. Bengals are also going to go 14-3 and and have the number three seed. Um, so I, I'm taking the Bengals, and I, I think that one, you know, I expect that to be a very hefty margin of victory too. Kev? Yeah, for this one, I'm going to go Bengals too. I, like, I, I can't go, I can't not go Bengals. So, yeah. Yeah, like Kev said, it's super tough not to go Bengals. They're a young team. It's going to be a lot of internal growth there. AFC South. Now I'm curious who's going Colts, who's going Titans. I'm going Colts. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a hell of a year. Not even going to lie to you. I think he's going to be a top 10 QB. Justin. I've said it earlier in the offseason, and I'm sticking with it. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags will win the AFC South this season. Holy and they will shit. go and they will win it. And this is a hot take right here. They will go six and eleven and win that division. Wh- what? Wow. They, I literally did the week by week calculation. I have the Jags going six and eleven, and the other three all going four and thirteen. Holy moly, that would be nuts! And I'll buy you something if that's the case, uh, sure. Kevin. Um, I think the Colts won the division, but not convincingly. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they win it with like an eight and nine record. Okay, I think Jonathan Taylor carries them basically if they win it. Sam, um, you know what? Just to up your hot take, Justin. Oh, boy. I think the Texans win it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Davis Mills, 15 and 2, baby. He finally starts to try this season. He finally starts to try this season. Life just falls into place for him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> AFC West, most competitive division in football. I have the Chargers winning the division. Justin. Chargers, 14 and 3, number one seed. Nice. Kev. Yeah, Chargers too, man. So yeah, I'll go the I'll go the Chargers because I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. 
All right, before we go to the NFC, I want your three wild card picks from the AFC. I'll begin with the following. The Raiders would be the first wild card. The Broncos would be the second wild card. And with the Chiefs missing playoffs, I have the Dolphins being third. Uh, That is what I have going on. Uh, And by the way, my take about the AFC North is that the Steelers will actually finish in second in that division. Uh, But no, they will not make the wild card. Uh, Their record will still not be good enough. There you go. Justin. So first two I have flipped uh, from you. I got Broncos going 13 and four and getting the five seed. Raiders go 12 and five and get the six seed. And the Ravens who played extremely well last season considering the number of injuries they had are able to get that seven seed and go 11 and six. And the Dolphins will also go in 11 and six and miss the cut through the tiebreakers. All righty. All righty. Uh, Kev. My teams in general, I have Dolphins, Ravens, and Broncos. Those are my three teams. All right. Sam. Give me the Raiders, the Titans, and then the Patriots. Patriots is not a bad guess. Uh, Thank you, man. I have, them, I have them close to the Dolphins. I do. I'm Matt concerned Jones about their offense. Mac Jones looked washed this preseason. He did. He did. That's fair. That's the only reason why I, I've, I've swapped into the Dolphins. Um, I also think the combo platter of Waddle and Tyreek Hill is actually the most explosive duo in football. Uh, that doesn't mean Tua is going to necessarily feed the mouths well. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, I just don't know if Tua can run a. Uh, I mean, I expect Waddle to have like a Debo Samuel type of season or Tyreek Hill. They're going to have some Debo Samuel type setups, but I'm sure they uh, should. My, my biggest concern there is like Tua can be a really great quarterback on a team, but there definitely needs to be a running game there and it's chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And I just don't trust that at all. Sure. All right. NFC let's go through the divisions. The NFC as Kevin calls it least NFC East. I have the Eagles blowing everybody out of the water. Justin Eagles go 14 and three, number two seed. Wow. Kev Eagles won the division. I think they've improved their team the most and their linebacking core has gotten really good. And what was once a really weak spot on their team. Sam. I'll be honest. I don't like any team in this division. I have beef with almost all of them, <laughs> except the commanders. So I'll go to the commanders. Wow. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. North uh, between the Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings. I still have the Packers winning. I think the Lions are going to be a close second. Justin. Vikings, number four seed, nine and eight. Kev. Yeah, I have the Vikings winning. I think Green Bay declines. Sam. Give me uh, Green Bay. And the South, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Tampa Bay. I'm doing it. Healthy Michael Thomas. Saints on the comeback train, winning the division. I think the Buccaneers regress. And uh, Tom Brady as well. I don't know what's been going on with that preseason stuff. And I know people have been saying it for years. You know, it's an old... He's getting old. He's getting old. I have not been one to say that. Um, and now I am. I think he is regressing. Justin. Do you think that's the reason why he wasn't there? Do you think he needed the break? Oh, because he's old? Yeah. I'm wondering. No, why no. I just, think, I just think something's wrong in his life. I agree with what the media believe. I think he got liposuction. Uh, wait, well, I don't even know what that means. Oh, what? 
he got something done to his face, like kind of like a facelift, basically. Oh, really? I, I, no, no. I genuinely just think whatever it was is substantial enough, whether it's his own body or like his family or life or mental health that like he just won't play as well on top of he's getting older. I gotcha. I, I think he was out because he got a medical, uh, cosmetic medical procedure. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, he just looks different. Yeah. There's yeah. something like about his face that just looks so different. Um, but I am taking the Bucks, so um, <laughs> that's fair. They're yep. going to go fourteen and three, get the number one seed, and they will beat the Saints by six games. Wow. Okay. Uh, Kev. Yeah, Buccaneers too. Um, when Tom Brady retires at the end of this year, which probably will definitely happen, um, it's probably going to be the worst division in football next year. Same. Saints thirteen and four. They win right. it easily. All right, NFC West. Uh, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Rams for me. Taking it, running it, drilling it. Justin. Rams 13 and 4, and it's not close. Kev. Yeah, Rams not close. Sam. Red Sea Rising, Cardinals. And your wild cards for the NFC. I think the NFC is actually going to be a little bit weak this year. I have the Cowboys stealing a spot. They're going to be the worst ones, though. Uh, so they're going to be six. Uh, sorry, uh, seven. Uh, six is going to be the Buccaneers. Uh, no, it's not. They're going to be five for me, actually. Six will be the Vikings, and five will be the Buccaneers. Justin? I am giving the five seed to the Cowboys, going 12 and five. Uh, I have the six seed going to the Commanders, going 12 and five. Fun fact, the NFC East teams have four of the five weakest schedules this season. Yep. Um, so that kind of helps with that. And then the last spot, shocking to me, I'm going with the Cardinals going nine and eight to get that seven seed. And the Packers and Saints will both go eight and nine and be the teams on the outside looking in. Kev? Uh, in order from best to least, it's I think it's going to be Packers, 49ers, and then Saints. Sam. Give me uh, Vikings, Buccaneers, and Rams. And the Giants fold this season. They realize this isn't their sport. <laughs> yeah, they should play something else. Um, okay. They played Walter Camp football. They, they, they actually played Walter Camp football last year. Like, it looked like they were playing a different sport. That's how, that's how bad it was. All I'm saying is there is precedent. The Rockies used to be a hockey team. <laughs> they should consider it. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Giants should bring back the flying wedge, honestly. I think Jesus. that might fix their problems. <laughs> uh, Justin, are the season predictions for the NFL the who wins the Super Bowl? Or something yeah, else? sure. If you want to do AFC and NFC champs, too, you're more than Let's welcome. do that. AFC, NFC champs, who wins Super Bowl? Obviously, this could change later, but if you want to try to lock in a preseason thing, go for it. Um, I got Bills-Rams with the Bills finally winning something, uh, that being a Super Bowl. Justin. I am doing Chargers Bucks, and Justin Herbert will be MVP and win the Super Bowl. First time anyone would have ever done that. All righty, uh, Kevin. By the way, the Chargers will be in my uh, uh, NFC uh, AFC Championship. Uh, Kevin, I have Chargers Chargers Bucks. Here's the kicker, though: they lose the Super Bowl on a field goal. Uh, Sam. I mean, I also have the Chargers winning the Super Bowl, 
but it's really only because I came up with it at a bar. So, okay. I'm glad to hear that. Actually. That's good. What were you drinking? Oh, or are you just standing there like a lot? Freak? Okay. <laughs> I said one, go. not how much. Let's just go with a lot. <laughs> anyway, week one predictions. We're going to bang this out super quick. Okay. Rams, Bills. Bills are two and a half point spread. It's my Super Bowl pick. I got Bills and spread. Justin. I got Bills with the spread. Kevin. Oh, wait. Rams Bill? with the spread. Oh, I'm sorry. Rams with the spread. Yeah. Kevin. I got Bills Mafia. All right, Sam. Battle of the Goats. I'm going with the Bills. Uh, Steelers, Bengals, Bengals, six and a half favorites. I got Bengals, not the spread. Justin. Bengals with the spread. Kevin. Bengals with the spread. Sam. I am the Bengals. Saints, uh, five and a half point favorites over the Falcons. I have the Saints and the points. Justin. I am going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Kevin. I'm going to go Atlanta Falcons. And Sam. The Saints. I think the Falcons aren't going to show up. They suck, dude. 49ers and Bears. 49ers are seven-point favorites. Got the 49ers, not the spread. Justin. 49ers with the spread. Kevin. I got the Bears. And Sam. 49ers because Trey Lance sucks. Eagles, Lions. Eagles are four-point favorites. I got Eagles and spread. Justin. Eagles with the spread. Kevin. I got the Lions winning this, this game. <laughs> Sam. I also have the Lions winning. Patriots, Dolphins. Dolphins, three-point favorites. I got the Dolphins. Mac Jones needs a few weeks. Justin. Dolphins in Miami. Uh, Kevin. We got Dolphins at home. Sam. Patriots, Tua needs a couple years. <laughs> Ravens, Jets. Ravens are seven-point favorites. Ravens and spread. Uh, Justin. The fact that it is seven points is criminal. Baltimore by like 21 points. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, I think Baltimore by 14. Uh, Sam. I mean, Ravens, can the can the Jets beat anybody? <laughs> uh, Jaguars, Commanders. Commanders are three-point favorites. Jaguars for me, though. Uh, Justin. I am taking the Washington Commanders here. Uh, Kevin. Let's take the Jags in this game. Sam. I will take the Commanders because of their defense. Browns, Panthers, revenge game, Baker. Panthers minus two. Got Panthers by 10. Justin. Yeah, I'm taking Carolina. I don't think it's going to be close. Kevin. Yeah, I think Baker blows them out. Sam. Uh, yeah, I also agree that Baker's going to blow them out. Did you see that interview with him? What did he say? They were asking him about it, and he just said, uh, we'll see. He just like looked at he like looked the reporter right in the eyes. He's like, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, it was it was kind of badass. I'm not even gonna lie to you. One of those, like, you could see it in his eyes. It was kind of like a no, nah, I'm gonna shit on him. That's kind of sheriff in town. I liked it. I liked it. Anyway, uh, there was also some sick music in the background, which might have helped it out. Uh anyway, Colts, Texans, minus eight is the spread for the Colts. I got the Colts and the spread. Justin. Um, I'm trying to remember for this one. Colts, Texans. I'm taking the Texans to win this one. Davis Mills, you know, they're apparently going 15 and two, so I got to believe it. Right, 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 right. Kevin. <laughs> I got Colts. Jonathan Taylor goes off. Same. I got Texans. Davis Mills goes off. Oh, boy. Giants, Titans. Titans are five and a half favorites. I have the Titans and the spread. Justin. I'm taking the Titans with the spread. 
Kevin. Titans by 14. Uh, Sam. Titans by 40. <laughs> Packers, Vikings. Packers are one and a half point favorites. It's going to be a close one. Give me Vikings. Give me Vikings. Justin. I can't believe the spread is against Minnesota in Minnesota. Give me Minnesota all day. Kevin. It's not a primetime game, so I have the Vikings. Sam. Give me Minnesota, you hoser. Chiefs, Cardinals. Chiefs are minus four and a half. Chiefs win and think that they're uh, Super Bowl bound, and they take spread too. Uh, Justin. KC with the spread. Justin. Wow, Kevin, sorry. I got Chiefs in a close one, maybe by three. Sam. Red Sea rising. Cardinals going to win. I was going to say, he said Red Sea. I was like, wait, who's – are they both red? Uh, Raiders, Chargers. Chargers are three-point favorites. It's going to be a great game. The Chargers take game one, though. Uh, Justin. Chargers with the spread if Brandon Staley coaches well. Kev. I think Chargers win the away game at home. <laughs> Sam. Give me the Chargers. Cowboys, Buccaneers. Buccaneers are one and a half favorites. Cowboys for me, winning game one. Justin. I am taking the Bucks. Kevin. Bucks. Tom Brady comes back. Dispels any rumors. Sam. Give me the Buccaneers. And finally, Monday night football. Six-point favorites, Broncos over Seahawks. I have the Broncos and the spread. Justin. What a messed-up game to do to Seattle on national television. Yeah, right? This is a travesty. Denver will win by, like, 28 points, and it will be the saddest. It will probably be the worst opening day, like, difference in football history, I think. It might actually be. Like, this is not, like, an over-exaggeration. It might actually be, like, 40 to 6. Um, which I can't, I'd have to look up what the worst Monday night football game ever has been. I believe it will be this. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Kev. I mean, did they try to give Pete Carroll his most humiliating loss on national television, ESPN? Like, what was the goal of this? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to watch this game. So it's like, (laughs) you know, I'll go Broncos probably by like 17 or something ridiculous. Uh, Sam. Give me the Broncos. All righty, and finally, to end our show here, prior to the college football NFL start, your hot take of the NFL season. <clears throat> I've had a couple brewing. Ooh, brew them. Man. I can't say multiple ones. Say it. Say multiple. George Pickens will be the best receiver on the Steelers by week six, and he will have uh 250 more yards than any other player on the team a receiver sorry uh okay justin patrick mahomes will start having doubters after the season people who believe that he's not actually as legit as he is they will be wrong they'll be wrong but by the end of the season patrick mahomes will have a deficit season where he does not perform up the standard and people are going to start getting upset kev I like that. Okay, so a couple. Um, Packers don't win their division. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, not only does he stay in San Fran, they sign him to an extension after the year. Holy crap. Trey Lance is done after the season. I'll bet on that. On the 49ers or in the NFL? On the 49ers, not in the league. Okay, okay, okay. He'll he'll probably end up in Chicago, to be perfectly honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in Chicago next year. You think he's going to be that bad? 
I on I honestly think he's going to be that bad that they have to trade him. Wow. I wouldn't be wow. surprised if they do a. Tr- I wouldn't be surprised if when I was traded Trey Lance for Justin Fields and assets. Is it is it because his throwing ability is lacking or something else? Yeah, I think Trey Lance is just super inconsistent thrower. I think he might he actually he out of the top thirty two. Well. Uh, out of the starting quarterbacks this season, he might be the most inconsistent thrower in my mind right now. Okay. I mean, the numbers would frankly kind of agree with you, honestly. Um, all right, Sam, hot take of the, the NFL season. Mm, Saints go 14-3. and three. Okay. I love it. <clears throat> this has been Q Hot Takes. My name is Andrew White. I've been alongside Justin, Kevin, and Sam. Thank you all for listening. It is 323. Lights out, September 3rd, 2022. Go dogs, beat the Ducks. It's a great day to be alive. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. We, we forgot one question. What's the that? The football playoff expansion. We didn't talk about that. Oh, my God, we did. You're right. Let's actually do that. Kev, <laughs> you're the man. We did forget. Did I, I just, like, literally glanced right over it. Uh, they have now added, well, it's going to be most likely 2026. <laughs> no, it's a good question. Um, 2026, most likely, will be 12 teams in college football playoffs, top four uh, conference winners getting the buys and the, uh, the rest will come from uh, the fifth and sixth best ranked conference winners. And then four teams, non-conference winners, best ranked. Do we like what's going on here? Yay or nay. I am here for it outside of, I've always thought 12 was a lot. I think the answer should have just been eight. But I guess if you're just going to make the top four teams get a buy, maybe it's okay. Um, I just hope teams don't kind of get a little lackluster in the season, not really caring about losing games. Uh, but yeah, it needed to be fixed. It's kind of pissing me off that they're still waiting until 2026. Good news is I saw that it still could happen before that uh, as early as 2024. So hopefully they figure that out. Justin. I think it's, I think it's great. I'm interested to see how exactly it's played out as far as like, conferences go and auto bids versus at large bids and stuff like that um but you know i was just looking at like how my rankings were for this season i think 12 teams is great because it sets up for the possibility of like upset opportunities that's fair um like right now like if this was actually what the seating was i would have like number five houston versus number 12 pittsburgh as like a round one matchup and i think that's kind of like a hype match um, yeah. Houston Pittsburgh would be hype. I'd have like Texas A&M versus NC State, Notre Dame versus Oregon, and Michigan versus Clemson. I, I think 12 seeds creates the hypest match, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so I think it's a really cool setup. Um, I'm really here for buys, though. I think it was a good way to do it. Kev? I'm here for it. I agree with you, Justin. I think it's a good setup. That being said, I don't think it completely takes away the debates that people have had in college football recently over strength of schedule, strength of conference, who deserves to be in the playoff, you know, versus like a big four conference or a big five conference versus maybe a power two. I like that people are going to still have questions about the strengths of the conferences. Um, but overall, I think it's a positive step in the right direction because you're going to have more people that are, you're going to have less people ticked off. I think ultimately, because if you miss like the 12th seed, I don't think people are going to be up in arms versus if you don't make a four. Um, that being said, I think it's also good in that they're keeping different parts of the country more involved in this potentially, where it's not going to be just potentially a Big Ten SEC-dominated playoff. Same. 
I personally don't know what this is, so I can't really give an opinion on it. No worries. College football playoffs extended to 12 teams instead of four. Okay. Oh, sick, dude. <laughs> uh, this has actually been Q Hot Takes, so now I'm going to say uh, go dogs. It's a great day to be alive, and thank you, Kevin, for reminding me. Sweet dreams. Thank you, Go Birds, go NFL, oh, welcome bad, back, baby. You'll never get it right, will you? Let's go Giants, flying wedge. You sound just like my teachers, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Lord Stanley's coming home this year. All right. Good night.